The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay. With me today are Susan and Virginia. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. You can catch SEM Synergy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. You can also download it at any time from Webmaster Radio Search Engine Optimization Channel. Stream it on SEMSynergy.com or pick it up on iTunes. SMX East uh, took place a couple weeks ago, but there were a couple of topics uh, in particular that uh, were discussed at the conference that have an impact as we go forward as an industry, as an online community, as advertisers, as consumers. Um, there was one keynote discussion during the show called What's Next in Search? The Big Wig Crystal Ball Panel, um, which was really sort of a uh, what color is your wig panel, as I understand it. We've got pictures up on the blog. There's, uh, it was interesting. A lot of questions were raised at that time that got us thinking. So basically we sat down and thought maybe we ought to just take the same questions, add our two cents, and offer perhaps a different perspective on things, something that maybe you hadn't thought of altogether uh, for people who hadn't been able to attend the conference. There's really sort of a list of questions here, um, and they are sort of forward-looking. Uh, the first question, where is the industry today? Where is search right now? I really think it's we're in a state of flux. You know, we're kind of teetering between what used to be the traditional search, you know, straight line, whatever. And, and we've been moving for the past couple of years into a universal look, into the blended search look. And, and I think it's still headed in that direction. Things are going to get more complicated, not not more streamlined. And it's going to be every single medium you can imagine just you know, shoved at you at once, and, and you're actually going to have to come up with different ways of thinking about it. Uh, one bit of research that I found suggested that if you look at, you know, all technologies and you look at their maturation process, there's like five consistent steps that you'll find. And this, uh, this study, you know, er, first you've got like early adopters and, and then slowly um, the corporate world catches on to it and finds ways that they can use it as a marketing tool. And now we're somewhere in the middle of uh, early, like early to like mid maturation process, where um, the growth is going to slow down because you know we've already gotten this huge upswing of that, and then it's really mainstream. I mean, everyone is looking at search right now. If if you've got your ears and eyes open. I think that we're seeing search start segmenting. Uh, there's so many pages that are available on Google uh, f 
that when you type in shorter queries, we're finding that they're not giving you what you want. So people are typing longer queries. We also know that the search engines are here to make money. Let's face it. And the best way to make money is to present targeted ads. And the best way to target is to restrict the query by your geolocation. Then everybody within your location can end up paying more for their ads. And there'll be just as many clicks today as there was before. I think we're going to see localization come in. I think we're going to see the impact of intent-based queries, uh, behavioral results. I think we're going to see a lot of that change. I don't know that it's going to change the searcher's behavior, but I think it's definitely going to change. I think that one of the big plays here is actually going to be Facebook. I've been trying to look around and figure it out. Uh, I think Facebook, uh, at a social level, is referring people to items of common interest by community. And I think that is going to be a community driver. Um, you may stumble upon things in Facebook and then go to Google and search. But I, I, I think we're going to change from, a, uh, from the way people do it now. When people go to Google and search on something, they already know what they're looking for. The thing that's going to change search is that other forms of social media are going to stimulate you to search for certain things, and then you're going to go to Google and search for them. So I think that we have to look upstream from search and see what is actually going to happen. If I want people to search for, like, SEO tools, well, I'm going to have to do something to stimulate people to know they want to search for SEO tools. Right. Or I'm going to have to just be captive to the fact that they're going to stumble over that whenever they're ready for it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that leads in well to the next question, um, which was, is there even a traditional media anymore? And what sort of needs you know, do you see larger brands having? And I really think that the getting upstream thing is, you know, that that is where the traditional media comes in. That's where the social networks come in. It's getting in front of people before they even know they need you. That's always been the role of traditional offline advertising, creating a need where there isn't one, right? Infomercials are all about convincing you that that you need this product that you've never heard of and really don't actually, you know, <laughs> that you've lived without just fine until now, but suddenly you can't live without it. That's that's always been the role of, of traditional media, I think. Well, and as we know, you get up in the morning and you hear it on the radio because that's what's waking you up. <laughs> You see it on television, you read it in the newspaper, it's on the side of the bus, it's a big billboard, you get to work and there's an email about it. That traditional media was actually a big contributor to you paying attention to that particular email. And that email may have just stimulated you to go do a Google search. So what do you attribute that search to? The search? Or do you attribute it to the fact that the catalyst was really this constant stream of synchronized yeah um, well and, it, and i think it's i think it's a brand level awareness in addition to a product level awareness i mean that's really you know when it says what kind of see needs do you see larger brands having it's easier and harder than ever to brand something yeah well then we have to talk about social media uh let's talk about twitter is it a catalyst for people going and doing searches you know what? I have an I have an interesting comment on this. Um, with a with a client that I've kind of been watching and and just tracking, you know, 
their different campaigns and things like that. The email campaigns that they send out, get, I mean, they get a decent response. People click, people go look around, whatever. Um, but they have separate coupon codes for their social media stuff and their email stuff. This The social media stuff, which on its surface reaches a tenth of the people, has four times as many uses as the email code. I mean, it might have actually it might be more than that. No, it's it's four times, four times more, right? <laughs> and that's just social media. That's just talking to people. You know, it's it's not, you know, doing big pushes. It's not whatever. It's just engaging and talking and encouraging people to share. And it's doing four times better in this teeny tiny little community, apparently, from what it looks like, versus the email campaign that goes out to hundred times as many people. So I think that what we're going to see is social is going to take over a lot of the offline traditional media yeah. and be a catalyst for people doing searches. All right. With that, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. More SEM Synergy is on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com? Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one set, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network. Featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com. Represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the Internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects the average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Mobile Presence, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SAM Synergy. This is Susan back with Bruce and Virginia. Before the break, we were talking about the what's next in search bigwigs panel from SMX East and kind of going through the questions and answering them ourselves. We left off talking about Twitter and social media's place in your marketing efforts. So kind of moving on from there, social media is really good at targeting people, you know, in in smaller niches. You can really uh, reach people on a granular level. So 
with these narrower, more precise targeting options, which we're also seeing in search, we're also starting to see some backlash against that. Um, A study from UC Berkeley found that more than 60% of participants felt that targeted ads weren't okay, um, that they didn't like them. And, you know, are are we going to see that, are we going to actually be able to take care or take advantage of these sophisticated technologies? And, or is it going to freak people out too much? And are they just going to rebel? Well, do the, what I don't know is did the people object to the fact that in order to serve targeted ads, people had to invade their privacy, or were these people just saying, uh, "I don't want you to give me what I want"? Yeah, no, it was the privacy issue and uh, people feeling like they're being tracked by this overseeing eye of the corporate world, and that just gives people the heebie-jeebies. Well, I don't think that there's a a similarity between, hi, uh, I was just searching for, uh, you know, clothes versus, hi, here's my bank account. I think there's a a significant difference between the two of them. Well, I mean, yes and no. I I, I think a lot of people are are still really freaked out. I mean, I'm freaked out about it and I know this stuff. You know, if, if I was less educated on how Google was using the information and, you know, whatever, I would just be terrified by the amount of information that that these companies have, you know, between, I mean, just, okay, going back, let's use Google. They, I have a Google account, which has my RSS feeds. It has my email account. It has my personal website with the content involved there, and they can hook all of this together. So now they know all of this stuff. They know my blog. They know, I mean, they they know all of this. And that gives them a huge amount of information. I've had my Gmail for four years now. Four years of listening to everything someone says gives you a lot of information about that person. Yeah, but if if you look at a trillion users, maybe not a trillion, but the number of users and the number of transactions a day per user, they don't really have any motivation to do anything other than, you know, cut it with an axe. They can't do laser scalpel decisions. They can't say to themselves, I'm only going to go pick on, you know, Susan. You don't know. They might. <laughs> I pick on Susan. But I don't think that they would pick on Susan. I think that they would use it in order to make money. But I don't think they'd blackmail you with it. Oh, absolutely. I, I absolutely agree. I, however, I also think security through obscurity scares people. Yes, I don't deny that. And I, and I also know most people don't ever buy alarms until after they've been robbed. Yeah. Right? And I think that uh, there's enough people out there that are hearing, oh, you're going to be robbed, that they're paranoid about this instead of understanding what it really is. I'm a supporter of it because my time is scarce, and if you give me what I wanted, I'm going to be appreciative of that because I don't have time to go hunting all over Kingdom Come for what I want. Mm -hmm. So what do you think has to happen before the consumers are going to be comfortable with the fact that they're being behaviorally, geographically demographically targeted. You know, I almost think that it needs a shift in how we talk about it. Instead of saying it's going to bring you what you want, because I don't, like, really, I don't care about that. I don't want to be advertised with what I want, right? I mean, 
if you if you ask me directly about it, I'll be like, well, I guess it's nice, but I don't want to be advertised with what I want. What I want is for you to keep the stuff that I'm not interested away from me. And I think if you frame the conversation with, we know you're not interested in this, so we're not going to show you ads for, you know, married people, we're not going to show you ads for singles. You know, we're not going to show you ads for cruises when you're afraid of water. Well, if they could only do it for my email, how many watches can a person really own? (laughs) (laughs) But but you see my point in in that people are more interested in getting rid of nuisance than they are in gaining advantages. And I think if you frame it as a, we're getting rid of these nuisances for you, we're swatting the flies, people are going to be like, oh, well, that's okay. Because now you're not invading my space. You're just keeping away all these other things that invade my space. Here's a similar concept that was proposed by one of the speakers during this presentation. Also along that lines of framing it, speaking in different language, instead of a target, nobody wants to be a target. Maybe talk about it as far as ad customization. Like, this yeah. is just for you. And I think that that'll ultimately be the way it is presented. Yeah, it's a war of language. And, and I mean, I, I think that we... I mean, obviously, we're going to take advantage of these technologies. Obviously. Well, they're not going to go away. They're, going, they're just going to become more sophisticated and less obvious. But I really think that it's a matter of addressing it to people in a way that they can understand and be comfortable with rather than we are targeting you, you know, like Virginia said, using that targeted word, um, you know, addressing it as we're helping and, and we're bringing to you and, you know, gentler words, caretaking words. Help, help me find what I'm looking for by turbocharging my results. Who wouldn't say yes? Right. You know, I mean, there's different things that you can, in fact, uh, write in there. And I, I, I think that that's an evolutionary thing. I think we're going to get there eventually. The other thing is the Yahoo partnership. Um, how is it going to change the space? Is is something going to change? Well, we talked a little bit about this last week um, when we were talking about the Hitwise numbers and the fact that that their traffic had gone down. And, and you know, I, I still think that, that we were right. I mean, we're going to see Yahoo go away and it's not all going to transfer to Bing. I, I think that's what they want to happen. I think what they want to happen is for it to transfer to Bing, and then that gives them momentum to run up against Google. But frankly, they're not Firefox. You know, Firefox gained momentum against IE because they weren't IE. You know, and they had a deeply passionate user base. There is no passion for Microsoft products, period. <laughs> I don't care if you're Bing and you have a nifty name that I always want to be like Bing afterwards. It's just not going to happen. Well, you know, most of the Microsoft products are, let's face it, they're, they're designed for a million people, 5 million, 10 million people. They're designed for the masses. Um, and if you try to do that, instead of just saying, this is my niche and I'm going to do it the best I can, yeah, you have a different approach to everything. Uh, the reliability of the average Microsoft product, if that is the way the search results were being presented, which, by the way, may be what's going on, uh, nobody would use it yeah. because you do have options that are going to be more reliable. And I think that Google is considered to be more reliable. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good enough. But it's it's kind of like breakfast cereal. Nobody gets passionate about cornflakes, right? You, it, like if you ask somebody what their favorite breakfast cereal is, it's something that's interesting. Nobody's interested in shredded wheat. Frosted mini-wheats maybe, 
but not shredded wheat. Who cares? <laughs> I'm not sure that's not an editorial comment, but fundamentally, there's going to be people that are going to use Bing because they don't want to use Google. Right. Just like there's people that are going to do this because they're militant against that. And, oh, Google's too big. Whether it gives me what I want or not, I'm going to use something else. Um, you know, but I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm not sure that the this is going to do anything more than make Google bigger. Which would be good for marketers, give them less um, engines to optimize for, or bad because it reduces competition? I think it would be for marketers. Right. I think you're going to see that it's going to be a catalyst for more and more people to support um, Google in particular. And I think it may be a catalyst for Ask to be able to come up quicker. I personally think Ask, embracing the SEO community and the users and giving them what they want, can leapfrog over Bing if Yahoo's taken out of the picture. I think it may not be, you know, for a little bit, but I think it's going to happen. Segue to our last question of this panel. So in five years, is that what we're going to be talking about? The big three, uh, Google, Bing, and Ask? Well, no. I think we're going to be talking about Google and I don't think they're going to go away. And by the way, Google has figured out that if all they do is search, even search can become a fad. Yeah. So what Google has done is they've expanded into everything. They've expanded into analytics, clearly. They are expanding into online. They have, you know, the videos capability. They are going to be expanding into virtual networks. They're expanding into telephone they're exp- or mobile. Yeah. They're expanding into all these areas so that they're not a only search kind of a company. And I think that means that Google will be a survivor. I think that Bing, clearly being Microsoft, is in an opportunity to do that. I think Ask has got a problem and, and will be focused on am I better at search? But they won't be a mobile player. They won't be uh, able to offer the kinds of in breadth of services that you can get from a, a Google. That means that we are not going to see a lot of competitors. What we will see, I think, are going to be emerging community trends. I think that uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, if done correctly, will be as big as an influencer ever could be because they're going to start consuming and they're going to be targeting the offline marketing people. You know, I think the problem with Twitter is the same problem with prior versions of MS-DOS. MS-DOS, you'll never use more than 640K. Well, with Twitter, you'll never use more than 140 characters. Why would I use Twitter if Facebook can give me the same thing better? If it's a stronger community, if it's, if it's broader. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you see, but I, that's I five to- years out. Who I knows? I totally disagree. <laughs> um, I, I think that that's actually the advantage of Twitter is that it's it's brief, it's to the point, it it communicates on a direct level, and it's not some place that I have to go. There's a lot of apps that will bring it to me, and and I think that that's where it's come, and, and that's where I see it going in five years. I think it's going to be ubiquitous. I think everywhere you turn will be some element of search, and we won't even notice anymore. It's already on our phones. It's already on our desktops. It's it's you know. People have Wi-Fi every single place that they go. I think it's just going to get 
more and more and more. You know, it's going to be built into the wristwatches that you keep getting ads for uh, <laughs> everywhere. And and I and I think that people won't even think twice about you know, oh, what should I do? Obviously, I'm going to search for it. I, I think that it ties a lot into what Gord Hotchkiss is always talking about with referred memory, where we're not going to know stuff ourselves, but we have Google and therefore that's all we need. And I, I really see that's where it's going in five years is all this stuff becomes a background wash and most people don't even notice that it should be there because it always is. But will Twitter be the survivor or will the entire we'll thing morph? I, I think well, I think the whole thing is going to morph. I don't think we might recognize some of the names, but I don't think it's going to look the same at all. I agree. All right. Well, we've got to take a break, but there's more SEM Synergy on the way. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. consider yourself a super affiliate? Then listen up. One of the most trusted names in affiliate marketing since 2003, XY7.com has now launched XY7Elite.com a private invitation only affiliate program run by super affiliates for super affiliates. Enjoy private tested offers, weekly deposits right to your bank account or XY7 debit card, XY7 VIP concierge service, limousine transportation to and from major industry events, and the status of being one of the elite publishers xy7 elite is not for everyone as you need to be accepted and maintain volume requirements think you've got what it takes to be elite go to www.xy7elite.com or call 702-216-4000 702-216-4000 are you happy with your landing page performance discover how to improve your landing page performance with conversioncritic.com brought to you by engine ready Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high-converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use EngineReady's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit ConversionCritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.ConversionCritic.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. LPO, landing page optimization, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Bruce Clay. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. 
Before the break, Bruce Clay, Susan, and I talked about the future of search, offering our opinions on whether or not social media is a flash in the pan, if there's a place for traditional marketing, how the Yahoo Bing partnership will shape the search space, and what we might be talking about in the search industry five years from now. Um, actually, we've put a survey up on the Bruce Clay blog so that you can answer the questions too. Um, check out October 28th's post. It's called Tell Us What's Next in Search and tell us what your experience and trend watching has revealed. And of course, it's all speculation, but everyone has a unique perspective and like pieces of a puzzle coming together, we think there'll be some great insights that come out of that. Um, but back to today's show, um, Virginia here with Susan Esparza, Michael Terry, and Derek Gross. And so there's this monthly newsletter that Bruce Clay Inc. publishes that reports on industry news and also includes recommendations from Bruce Clay staff members on a variety of internet marketing topics. And last month, Derek wrote an article titled, SEO Success Means Letting Go of PPC Expectations. It's a very interesting article with some good analogies that help illustrate this thing that a lot of uh, SEOs and consulting firms will face on a regular basis. Right. Uh, basically, the the impetus for that article, um, you know, uh, being a, a lead uh, account manager, client-facing uh, here for us, I, I look at all the projects, I see uh, all the different kinds of conversations that come out with the various clients that we see, and there's often a, a slight, I don't want to call it a misunderstanding, because everybody seems to understand the nature of what we're talking about. When we say we're going to run uh, an SEO campaign, and say that's going to take some time. This isn't an instant win. You know, next couple of weeks you're going to see results. Everybody nods their head and says, "Yes, I get it." But in the practical reality of it, two months in, three months in, people are getting nervous. Where are my results? Why are my measurements not moving? And and we have to remind them this is a long-term you know process. And so the article came out of the the, the idea that what I see is that the expectation set is still coming out of a traditional ad campaign set. Uh, a PPC program, let's say, is something that you go in, uh, you throw some money down, and you see some rather immediate results, or at least fairly immediate. I mean, you, you put your money in, you can start measuring right away, you're in the game, and you can start tweaking as necessary based on the results you're seeing. Uh, SEO doesn't typically work that fast, certainly for highly competitive terms and areas. So uh, what tends to happen is the expectations um, somewhat shift, and uh, I don't want to rehash the entire article here on the on the interview, but in a nutshell, I, I go in and discuss you know uh, making sure that you have the understanding of what exactly is this campaign, what is the purpose of it, how do you approach it, and why is it different one from the other SEO to PPC, you know, and what I, are the reasons for yeah. using one over the other. Yeah. I think in a lot of cases it's a matter of you know we say things like oh it'll take six months, it'll take a year. And they hear that, but then they hear, you know, oh, you can get ranked fast. And they understand that when we say fast, we still mean six months and a year, <laughs> right? That's fast in SEO, right? It, it, two months is, is, is not fast. Two months is a miracle. It can uh, be. Yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, again... It, 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 it can happen. That, you know, it, these things do happen, but people just don't really. Well, and, and I was noticing there was an article um, a couple weeks ago on Search Engine Journal about you know, what to ask your SEO provider before you hire them. And one of the things in the article that I thought was really interesting was that it said that clients should insist on a year-long contract, nothing shorter. And I thought that was a really interesting point that other SEOs don't offer year-long contracts. What do other SEOs even start with? I mean, you know, I, I really only have experience inside of our company where our standard contract is two years. There is a 
like a one year like reevaluation, but two years is what you're getting into when you when you sign up with us. And I can't imagine wanting to sign up a client for less than that. It just it it seems like you would be, you know, right I, kind I of setting them adrift. What what I think tends to happen in the perspective that uh, I took with the article is is that it, it was an understanding of when to use which product. It, you know, I think the analogy I drew is that the SEO campaign can almost be seen more as a branding campaign, one that doesn't have any clear and immediate results coming. It's something that you're laying down foundations over time, whereas a PPC campaign is far more traditional, like a print ad or a television spot. You're putting something out there right now for an immediate catch and result. And while the two can work uh, together, they're actually not one an extension over the other. They, they are out there for two separate uh, strategies. And, and, I, and I, that's what I wanted to touch on when, when that article went out, was to make sure that, you know, th there was a better understanding of that, that, that the, the strategy is the important thing, and why would you pick one over the other, and what's the goal of that? Right, and it takes, like Susan was talking about, it takes a year or two years to build up. If somebody comes to you needing SEO, that means that they've identified a need, and that means that they're not close to where they want to be. If they're not close to where they want to be in SEO, you have to have staged goals where you start off with like you know lower value phrases that build on one another until they can get up to the the high value target phrases that they're looking for that's going to take a year or two years but once they do that the advantage of SEO over PPC is that now they're the in, once you're the incumbent in SEO um, you have a lot of staying power and so you can stay up there reaping the benefits of the investment that you put in for that one or two years for a long time after that right. without putting in additional funds or reinvesting those funds to gain an even stronger foothold. I think we have run out of time, so that's it for this week's show. Thanks to Webmaster Radio for producing SEM Synergy. If you have internet marketing questions or topics that you'd like to hear about, send them over. Um, again, it's semsynergy at bruceclay.com. We'd love if you'd add your thoughts to the survey. Tell us what's next in search. That's also on the blog. Um, and that is bruceclay.com slash blog in case you're looking for it. This is Susan asking you to come back next week for more industry insights and experts. Until then, happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy.